0: So we're just about 10 days away from the Winter Olympics. It's not just the athletes arriving in the country to take part, but also TV networks, media people from around the world competing to offer special coverage. Uh, One broadcaster that's getting particular attention, it holds the American broadcasting rights for both the Summer and the Winter Olympics, is nbc it plans to present more than 2400 hours of coverage from the host city with a record number of 89 commentators and for this week's pyeongchang voices we can talk to jim bell president of nbc's olympics production and programming he's won emmys for working on numerous olympic events a peabody for nbc's coverage of 2008 beijing uh, the opening ceremony there it's an enormous pleasure to say thank you for being our pyeongchang voice today
1: Thank you, Alex. Pleasure to be here.
0: And and you uh, arrived in Pyeongchang quite recently. What's been your impression so far of the facilities and the preparation?
1: Well, they've been uh, incredible. We are uh, based at the International Broadcaster in Pyeongchang, most of our team. Of course, they're spread out over the two main clusters, one on the coast in Gangnam and the other up here in Pyeongchang in the mountains. And the IBC is... Uh, probably i don't think it's a stretch based on uh, my experience this is my 12th games and those of several of my colleagues um but maybe the best we've ever had uh in terms of just organization preparation quality of the build the venues all look really good you know we want to make sure that uh everything stays good from now until the games but we are uh as cautiously optimistic as we could possibly be at this stage, um, I guess the only thing that seems to be quite obvious is it's cold here, man.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, at least it's wintry, right? It's not a summer Olympics.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> take it. You know, uh, the last two summer or the last two winter games in Vancouver and Sochi both had certain degree of uh, weather issues that it was actually a little bit too warm. So it's nice that these games are actually uh, going to be taking place in very much a winter wonderland.
0: Indeed. And, and NBC, uh, as I suggested before, is expanding its on-air time for these games to 2,400 hours um, compared to the 1,600 offered, for example, at that warm Winter Olympics in Sochi. So can you tell us what was behind that thinking, what, why this particular Olympics is getting so much of NBC's
1: attention? Well, I think it's a factor of a few things. I mean, there's there's appetite for the content. Um, and we have the platforms. So as you know, in the last NBC's first Summer Olympics, um, incidentally was nineteen eighty eight in Seoul. Since then, you know, there's been such an incredible explosion of media with going so the Olympics have simply a broadcast show to broadcast and cable and then broadcast cable and digital and now social. So as all these things have expanded with new technologies and new screens, something like the Olympics seems to have a particular ability to adapt um, and be of interest to people in those various forms of media. So I think that's largely what's driving the increased coverage.
0: And NBC will also be broadcasting the opening ceremony live. It's the first time for that to happen.
1: The thinking there is that the opening ceremony had previously been just on television and not streamed because it's such a big show and it requires some context. It is not a sports event, obviously. There are a lot of things happening, a lot of things that need to be often interpreted and and explained, and we really haven't felt it necessary to just put something online without being able to give it. Um, proper context, but I think at these games um, we're willing to give it a shot and see what happens. I think we're on the cusp here of the first of three Olympics in Asia, uh, with Tokyo and Beijing following on the heels of Pyeongchang. So um, we're, we're all, and we're always game for trying something new. I think that's an important part of what's worked for us at the Olympics. Is not just saying, "Well, we've never done that before, so let's not do it." I think, to the contrary, our position as often. We've never done that before, so let's let's try it.
0: A nice attitude to have, uh, I've got to say, but also um, the uh, well-liked presenter, Katie Couric, she's going to be co-hosting, and and I understand you had a role to play there.
1: I I worked with Katie, um, gosh, over 10 years or so ago um, at the Today Show, and um, we had a, a really nice time together waking up at the crazy middle of the night to go put on a morning television show and you know there's a certain just like the olympics uh, and 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 the great team that works on these olympics and will be about two thousand strong nbc employees here you know there's a certain camaraderie that develops at, at this event and similarly in morning television given that the hours and the strain and, and and just the amount of work going into it you develop a certain bond and um... I was fortunate enough to work with Katie, and, and she was available. She'd been doing some other projects, but we found um, a role for her that she's uniquely suited for, having previously hosted three opening ceremonies for NBC when she was at the Today Show. So uh, it just worked out nicely.
0: Actually, um, my, one of my first ever media engagements was uh, Atlanta 1996 as a teenager, um, and that was covering a drive-time show in London. Uh, so, of course, the time difference was something to factor in. And every it's so bizarre, thinking in British time whilst in Atlanta. H- how do you negotiate that from <laughs> Pyeongchang to the United States yeah. with the three time zones? And uh, not just that, but also, of course, factoring in when the demand will be to watch Americans perhaps winning gold medals.
1: Well, I think... Um We're very fortunate, um, contrary to what people tend to think of when they see an Olympics in Korea around the other side of the world from the United States, the 14-hour time difference plays um, in our favor for live broadcasting because so many marquee events are taking place in the morning here in Korea, which is live night before in the United States. We've had a similar experience with this in Beijing in 2008 where Michael Phelps memorably swam for all those gold medals. And, and that, was, that was live back in the United States because the swimming competition happened to be taking place um, in the morning in Beijing. And events like alpine skiing and some of the snowboarding events do take place during the daytime here, and the figure skating will be happening uh, in many cases uh, some of the big skaters coming on maybe noon in, up on the coast here, which will be, you know, 10 p.m., Uh, Eastern. So that, uh, we we think that that's actually pretty, pretty great. And part of the mission here has been trying to let people know that because again, the first thought is understandably, gosh, that must be difficult. 14 hour time difference. And in fact, the opposite is true. It's actually quite, quite good for us.
0: The other thing that a lot of media organizations are doing is searching for the next Cool Runnings story. And there are actually a few of them, unlikely countries involved in this year's Winter Olympics. One of them um, that we will later be featuring uh, is the Nigerian women's bobsled team. And I understand you've really taken to that underdog story.
1: Well, I think those are the stories that catch on, right, and, and capture people's imagination, about what if, and, you know, that's why, you know, Eddie the Eagle and the Jamaican bobsled team uh, were turned into feature-length films, (laughs) you know, those stories, just because they're improbable, but they're fun, and they sort of really nicely encapsulate what makes the Olympics in general, and I think the Winter Olympics especially so fun and and approachable, is that, you know, anybody given the right time and and energy and work put into it... um, that the underdog story is lurking out there. And, um, boy, as a television producer, we, we look for that.
0: Well, North Korean figure skaters could be another intriguing story, couldn't they? And, and, and North Korea generally, uh, d- does that uh, attract a lot of um, audience members, potentially, in the U.S. and around the world?
1: I, I think it's certainly of interest that the North Koreans are, are going to be participating. I think uh, the opening ceremony is the moment where... That could be of of interest for people to see when they march in together and under a unified flag. um, And the emotion in that stadium should be pretty powerful, uh, we we think. So, yeah, that's going to be a dramatic moment for sure. The Paris figure skaters and the women's ice hockey team competing as one team are are all really good stories for us.
0: And one final question, if I could ask you to leave us with some of your words. Uh, Ahead of a Games where frankly when it comes to winter olympics apart from some of these stories that have been highlighted so far th- these are not all household names but yet it's the olympics no uh mm. what would you like to say to our listeners
1: yeah look i think we have this as i mentioned earlier sense that if we haven't done it before um not only is that a reason to just sort of be status quo but to actually smash the status quo but We also maintain, I think, a very healthy respect for the traditional thing, the stories of the athletes. It's sort of is not a sports event. It is a global human event that plays out with these athletes, many of whom, most of whom, nearly all of whom, frankly, most people have never heard of. And they're competing in sports that, outside of the Olympic window, hardly anybody watches or pays much attention to. So it is that moment for these athletes who train four years so hard and a moment that comes down to a tenth of a point or a fraction of an inch or a second—and boy, is that just what brings us back all the time? And, and I think all the all the accoutrement of uh, virtual reality and, and 4K is great, and in social media—we love it. The, the Olympics has a particular relevance and resonance in this new media world that seems to change every two years with each Olympics, and we're thrilled for that. I think the Winter Olympics so intimate, so exciting, the elements of of ice and snow and speed and danger. Um, They're hurtling down the side of a mountain or going headfirst run, and we've got the Olympics through at least 2032. And our experiences, many of us here on the team, have been to Korea multiple, multiple times, and everyone has just been wonderfully hospitable. Um, We love the food. We love the beer. Uh, we love the people, and we're excited for them to get a chance to show the world what they can do here in Pyeongchang.
0: Well, we wish you all the best for your coverage. Thank you so much for being our Pyeongchang voice today.
1: A pleasure, Alex. Thank you.
0: Pyeongchang Voices brought to you every Monday uh, through these games. And Jim Bell is the executive producer, president of NBC's Olympics production and programming.